Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to the Art of Badassery podcast. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and I'm excited to introduce my guest, Sabrina Del Duca, a dynamic individual from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Sabrina's journey is one of total transformation, transitioning from a very successful career in advertising to following her true calling. Very badass. As a dancer and a dreamer from a young age, Sabrina initially pursued a traditional path, excelling in academics and earning a bachelor's degree in communications. She achieved great success working with leading beauty brands and fashion brands, traveling the world and creating truly remarkable work. However, after a decade in the industry, Sabrina felt a disconnect and suffered burnout. In a very bold move, she left her career without a backup plan returning to dance and embarking on a healing journey to discover her true purpose, helping others connect with their own. In 2020, she founded her coaching company, empowering women to rewrite their life and transform their lives for the better. Her personal journey from rock bottom to thriving inspires her mission to provide tools and guidance for others. Today, she's a full-time coach, dance teacher, and podcast host, utilizing her expertise in communication and over 20 years of teaching to inspire others to embrace change and create a life they love with confidence. Beyond her professional life, Sabrina is a passionate dancer, a dedicated cat mom, and an avid reader who loves reality TV and Spanish drama series. Sabrina, welcome to the podcast. I'm so honored to have you here. Thank you, Mahara, for having me. The honor is mine. It's a pleasure to be here. Beautiful. So I got to say, after all of the work that you put in to create the life that you thought you wanted, or perhaps the life that maybe your parents wanted for you, what was the deciding factor where you went, wait a second, what am I doing? Yeah, it's a great question. For me, it was the life I wanted. Uh, my parents have always been so supportive. They never pushed me in a direction. They always listened um, and were there for me when I needed them. So I didn't feel pressure from them, but I did feel a sense of, you know, you need to make sure you're independent and, you know, have a good job and be secure. But it was never like you need to go into advertising. It was more you need to do what you love. And advertising was that for 10 years, or I would say for eight years. Because the last two years is where I really felt disconnected. And what happened for me is, I don't know if people are familiar with the advertising industry. It's very intense. Um, there's a lot going on at all times. And for me, that's what fueled me in the beginning, because I was able to find solutions and quickly. There was also the human connection. So I was the client director. So I was between the agency and the clients. I was making sure the agency was happy. The creative team was brief. They were doing what they needed to do. And the client was happy, making sure that their expectations were met. The budgets were followed. So I was the middleman. And again, that kind of position of always finding solutions, making sure everybody's doing what they need to do. That's where I feel like I was excelling. Until it became overwhelming, until the demands became so much that I felt like I could never, whatever I was doing, I could never make everybody happy. And I am a, I'll say it this way, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So it's important for me <laughs> to make sure everybody is happy. And then I quickly learned that no matter what I do, no matter how hard I work, Someone's going to always have an opinion. Someone's always going to have something to complain about. And that, to me, started the feeling of disconnecting because I felt I did not feel fulfilled in what I was doing. I felt like I was working so hard, but the result that I was receiving and the backlash that I was receiving from certain the very demanding clients, for me, I started to question, is this really worth it? What am I putting myself through mentally 
And this is before mental health really became talked about. But I felt that I was being drained for, and no matter what I did, it wasn't good enough. That snowballed because once you start feeling like that, and you know, listeners, I'm sure you've had a moment of feeling like you're anything you do is not good enough. Uh, And when you're in that kind of space, it just, if you don't get to the root cause of it and start to work through it, it just gets worse and everything else is then tainted. And that's what was beginning to happen. My relationships were beginning to be tainted because I was disconnecting from my core so much and my purpose. And I was just following the steps of what I thought I needed to do because here's where the guilt comes in. I have this amazing job. Who am I to start questioning if I'm happy or not? Who am I to even think of something different? If I'm not an advertising director, what would I be? And anybody would love to have my job, right? So there was all that in the background too of like the feeling guilty for feeling this way and fueled and propelled the the burnout, the burnout, right? So burnout is really the feeling of being overwhelmed, the feeling that you can't control, the feeling of utter hopelessness. Because I was in this situation and I did not see a way out because by by industry standards or by societal norms, this was my job that I needed to commit to that I would have for life. That's what we've been taught. You pick a job when you're 20 years old or when you're in college and you stick to it. And I didn't want that anymore. But I didn't think it was okay to change my mind at the time. So here's where the badass comes in. I followed my heart and I said, no, I will not stay stuck. I will not be that person who's going to be miserable for another 10, 20 years in a job that no longer fulfills me. Here's where I need to reframe my mindset and look at this as an opportunity to do something different. Not as I failed and I can't get, because that comes through your mind too. It goes, it crosses your mind. I'm, I'm failing at this job that I've tried so hard and worked so hard to achieve. And now I'm no longer happy. So there must be something wrong with me. That's what goes through your mind. Okay. I want to jump in here because, oh my God, I can so relate to every aspect of your story. And there's a few things I want to pull out for the, for the audience that's listening. Everything that you've said is very, is very natural. This idea of questioning the failure, this idea of once you let that voice in, uh, you hear, I'm not good enough it's hard to turn it off because it triggers things inside. So everything I'm hearing, you know, I've, I've felt it myself and I know there's lots that, that a lot of our listeners can relate to it. But what I'm curious about is, especially as this was a while ago when mental health wasn't talked about that much and coach itself wasn't even talked about that much. Where did you find the courage to not end up as a puddle on the floor and just keep going and get burnout, burnout and and just continue. Because so many of my clients are only just, you know, after years of feeling that way are only just recognizing that there's an alternative. So I'm just curious, did you have friends that said to you, Hey, Sabrina, you don't have to do this job anymore. Did your parents say, sweetheart, it's not worth it. Take a break. Like, how did you get to that point of questioning? My boss was incredibly supportive and I'm so grateful. Uh, The president of the company and my uh, immediate superior recognized the symptoms of burnout and recognized that I was no longer in the space of being able to continue. My, My boss himself experienced burnout years ago, which actually encouraged him to leave his corporate life and start this agency. So he was seeing himself through my eyes. And he is the one who said to me, it's okay. You're done with this chapter of your life. You need to find something else that lights you up because this is not it anymore. And it's okay. So he gave me permission to do something different. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have had the courage because then when I spoke to my parents, the the parents, you know, my mom is very supportive. My dad is a little more practical, right? So we always have one of each and my mom very supportive because she was like, she was the sweetheart. This is not worth it. Like your mental health is not worth it. Whereas my father 
what do you mean? You're going to leave your secure job, but you've worked so hard for it. But what are you going to do? Like the, the practicality of the, how are you going to make a living? How are you going to pay your bills? Uh, just the, what do you mean you're changing your mind after all this time? So he, I needed to convince him that it really stemmed down to my mental health, my well-being, and I could no longer stay in this situation. But for some reason, I did not feel stressed that I would not find something else. Everybody else was stressed for me because, oh, what are you going to do? I had no backup plan. So my boss was like, here you go. Here's a beautiful package. Actually gave me a package. Here's a beautiful departure package. Take the time you need to figure out what you want to do and take the time to heal. And through that process, I always felt deep down inside that this was the right move and that I would figure it out and it was okay. And that's where the badass again comes in because it's like, trust yourself, like trust yourself that this is the right move and you're going to figure it out no matter what that means. Like, yes, maybe you're going to have these challenges and obstacles along the way, but you're doing something that deep down in your core, you feel is right. And that's the only voice you need to listen to. And that is the core of being badass is recognizing that you can trust yourself. Yes. Um, and it's so, I love that you, I had the same experience when I left the corporate world, I couldn't have been happier. And I had to placate all of my friends and family. And one of the things I did was I started a website where a blog, so I could share with people that I really was okay. It really yeah. was going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I think to your point, when we surrender mm -hmm. to whatever you call it, universe, God, spirit, <laughs> Allah, Buddha doesn't, you know, whatever you call it, whatever resonates with you, when we surrender, recognize that we are worthy simply by the fact that we exist, regardless of what we've done in the past. When we accept that, then we open up this dialogue with ourselves or with, with mm -hmm. ourselves or with the, with the universe. And we will, if we allow ourselves, we'll figure it out. Some of us know right away, I, I want to be this. Some of us don't. But when we, when we say I'm open, then stuff happens and the universe Definitely. is going to us and show us. And that's why I think it doesn't feel so stressful because you're like, mm -hmm. I don't have to be stressed. If anything, this is the most unstressed I've felt all my life because I'm fine giving, stepping into my greatness, whatever that looks like. Yes, that's exactly it. And this surrender, I love that word because that's exactly what happened. I surrendered to the idea of, I don't need to be stuck and I have the power to change my path, to rewrite my story. And even if that story was unknown or that chapter, I should call it, was unknown, there was still this excitement within me that oh my goodness, I get to actually choose what I want to do in my life now. Like I get that opportunity again. I had it when I was 20 and I made that decision and it did well for me for all that time. But now how many people get the opportunity to actually say at the time I was 35, like I get to choose now what I want to do next. How exciting. So reframing it and thinking of it that way as an opportunity, something and deep down, I knew, you know, I, I didn't know immediately I wanted to be a coach. Like you were saying, some people know exactly what they want to do. But what came up for me and what kept coming back is I want to help people. I don't know how, but I want to help people. And that's what I was lacking at the end of my advertising career. Because in the beginning, I felt I was helping people, helping people excel in their, in their personal development, in their career, helping people achieve projects and success. But with all the pushback and the resistance that I was getting towards the end, I felt helpless. Everything I was doing, it wasn't helping. And even making a difference, I wanted to create a greater impact. Cool, I was doing amazing advertising campaigns, helping them sell their product, but I wanted to connect with people on a personal level. I wanted to make a difference in their personal self-development. And that's where I just kept coming back to, okay, how can I help people? That's where the dance background and the teaching came back because for me, that's immediate gratification, that instant gratification of you see someone get the move and develop that inner confidence and you see them shine and you see them be amazing on stage. Like that's what I wanted. So that's why I went back to dance for a little bit, just to like, let's, let's get back into it in the, in the interim, right. In the, for the time being, and then 
that fueled my passion for, again, the helping people, helping people with their confidence, helping people just be a better version of themselves. And so, yes, yes, jump in, so jump I in. Say, I want to jump in and say, what I think I'm hearing is that you've actually been demonstrating and living your truth from a young age without actually putting a name on it. You just found different ways to express yourself and express your superpower because listeners, we all have superpowers, right? We're not just here to flail around and fall down and be, be sad and, and discover, you know, pizza. We're, we're here for more than that. And it sounds like you discovered that early on. And then when you were in your career, there came a time when, despite all of the beautiful efforts that you and your skill set, the reward changed and it stopped being, it stopped filling your cup and it began to feel draining of your cup, like not, not a good thing. Exactly. So first of all, I think that's great. And I invite all of the listeners, and I do this quite often with my clients is you actually know your superpower. Talk to me about what you love, what makes you smile. Because I think there's a misunderstanding that in order for us to be great, we have to make a million dollars or invent something that's going to change the world, you know, on these big grandiose um, ideas and or executions. But what I believe is, oh my God, you have to, you really don't have to do anything except accept who you are and smile. Because when you smile, you are lifting the energy of the world. And when you do something that really fills your cup, it just gets multiplied. So I think, identifying our story and the ones that work for us, mm-hmm. though that's beautiful. Many of us hang on to with both hands, a story that doesn't work for us. And that's why you and I work. That's what we, that's what we often come up against is, wow, that story doesn't work for you anymore. Why are you hanging on to it? Exactly. Right. It's all we know. And the, and the unknown is scary. So I get it. We hold on to the familiar even if it's a little uncomfortable or we're not totally happy, at least we know what to expect. So I think, yeah. So, and to your point, I know that many of us are like, at least I'm paying the bills. I yes. may not like my job, but my house but, is, or, but I ha- or I have income. You know, I can put the, I can take, send the kids to yeah. the dentist. I can, you know, put food on the table. Right. I may not have this, but at least I've got that. And to your point, we've been taught, many of us to just suck it up and get it done. Mm-hmm get it done. I want to go back to something you said earlier, though, you've been talking about mindset. Yes. And, you know, for many of us, that's a word that doesn't mean anything. Like, what do you mean mindset? I get up, I go to work, I come home, I watch TV, and I'm, I'm angry. That is that my mindset? Can you, talk, <laughs> can you talk to us a little bit about how you discovered that it is possible to reframe a story, and just sort of explain that a little bit more, because I know that mm-hmm. Not, that's terminology that you and I know very well, but I want, I want listeners to understand that. Yes. Mindset for me, it's how I perceive things, how you perceive the world, your surroundings, how you approach challenges. So the other buzzword, if we want to call it that growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. If you have a fixed mindset, you're set in your ways. You don't think change can happen for you. Um, you're stuck. Whereas a growth mindset, you view failure as opportunities. You're always there to, you're always willing to learn, to grow, to try new things. And often the switch from fixed to mind, uh, fixed to growth mindset is really where we could see the biggest difference in ourselves. And it doesn't have to be something dramatic or it doesn't have to be something too complex. It's just how do you view yourself when faced with challenges? Do you give up? And just say, ah, it is what it is. Or do you actually try to work through that challenge with an optimistic, positive attitude? The misconception about mindset is, oh, just think positive and everything will be okay. Right? Good vibes only. That does not exist. There are all kinds of vibes. Right? The the growth happens when you're able to face the negativity and work through it and not get sucked in by it and let it overcome or, or take over your entire being. A lot of us get stuck in victim mode and we don't know how to get out. Whereas the mindset for me is, what are your thoughts? Are your thoughts 
bringing you down, holding you back? How do you speak to yourself? What are the words that you use when you are faced with a challenge? Oh my goodness, like, never mind. I'm just going to give up. This is never going to happen. Or, okay, it's challenging, but I can do this. I have faith in myself. I trust myself. Our thoughts are number one. If we pay attention to what we're thinking, knowing that our thoughts then influence how we feel. So if you're faced with a challenge and your first thought is, oh, it's never going to happen. Well, your feeling is going to be one of hopelessness, giving up right away. And then your actions will follow because you don't feel like actually trying. You know, like what's what's the point? You're not going to make it through. But if your thoughts are, I know it's challenging, but let me give it a shot. Your feelings are going to be a little more motivated, like, okay, let's let's give this a try and your actions will follow. So if we understand even if all this mindset talk is a little complicated and we're like, what is all this happening? Your thoughts are your most important asset because your thoughts will influence everything. And that's my number one takeaway of how do we even begin to talk about mindset and what is this, this new word that keeps popping up everywhere? It's really being aware of your thoughts, being aware of how you think, the words you use to describe yourself when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, what's the first thing you say to yourself? We all have those thoughts. And they're usually negative. Oh, I look tired today. Like, oh, look at my skin. Or How about we wake up in the morning, we look in the mirror, can we say something positive? Because then that's going to set our tone for the rest of the day. And there's power in that. There's power in your thoughts. There's power in being aware of what you think, because then you can really be aware of how that influences your feelings. And then your actions, like I was saying, will be in accordance to your feelings and your thoughts. So there's so much power. And when I learned that I have the power to actually change my thoughts, and it's not easy. I may, I may, I may make it sound easy, but it's not easy because there are patterns. There's, there's conditioning there. There's programming. We need to go back and undo a lot of what we've been doing on autopilot for so long. But when you learn and you put in the work, oh my goodness, it's worth it. Because I found myself stuck in cycles of not believing in myself or not feeling like I was worthy or good enough. And going into this new chapter of my life, I needed to have that confidence to know that I, I could do this. Or else if I was stuck in that cycle of nothing I do is good enough, or if I let my situation at the agency and the clients bring me down and say, you know, every time I try something, I get shut down or I get resistance. That pattern I needed to break because I could not carry that with me into my next chapter. And the way that I like to think about this, we all have emotional baggage. We all have baggage that we carry with us. But when you're packing up your house and you're ready to move, what are you going to bring with you that's going to inspire and make your space better? And what can you leave behind that no longer serves you? And that's where we can identify the patterns that we need to break, that the conditioning that we need to stop and reprogram ourselves to be able to be in this better new space and start fresh, if that makes sense. It makes so much sense. And there's so much goodness and juiciness in what you've shared. A couple things popped to mind. I can't think of who wrote it right now, and I should because I think of it all the time, but uh, stand guard at the portal of your mind. Because man, oh man, you've got to be, to your point, we have to be so aware of what it is that we're saying to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Clarity is everything. And it's one, one of the things that I start with, with, with all of my clients is let's get yeah. clear. Do you even know what your stories are? Like, what do you yeah. say to yourself? I know you may be smiling on the outside, but you've got a, I guarantee there's a, there's a running dialogue going on on the inside. So clarity oh, yeah. is key. The other thing that I want to just ask you about, because it popped into my head was do you think your experience as a dancer who I'm a, I'm, I've been a, I've been a dancer has helped you to develop a growth mindset. And the reason I'm bringing a correlation between our physicality and our mental growth is that as a professional dancer, even if you're not professional, there are times when you're like, Oh my gosh, I need help. I can't figure this move out. Mm -hmm. but a teacher that shows you and you practice and oh my god I got the move so at the beginning mm -hmm. of rehearsals for example nobody knows anything by the end of 12 weeks there's this beautiful production and yes. I'm wondering if understanding that you have the ability through your physical movements to have a growth mindset if that helped you in your mental growth mindset do you see where I'm going with this 
So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. Yes, I'm sure there's a connection. I never thought about it, but it's interesting. I'm sure there's a connection. Although I have met dancers who have a fixed mindset. And what that means is that they're very hard on themselves and they expect perfection on the first try. Whereas a growth mindset, you're gentle with yourself. You understand that it takes time to learn the new move and you you're, you give yourself some grace, give yourself a chance to learn and to perfect it as you go along. And I'm someone who is hard on myself. Like I, I do expect perfection. And that was one of the things I needed to work on for myself. When I started doing my healing and my inner self journey, I needed to really look at that side of perfectionist. And it still pops up every now and then. And I catch myself and I catch myself and I say, okay, will this help me move forward or will it hold me back? So I think part of it, yes. Part of the the understanding that you need to give yourself a chance to learn anything new. You need to give yourself a chance to practice it, to experience it. And even stepping out of the box and taking a risk that is growth mindset worthy because if you're fixed, you'll never give yourself that opportunity. You'll never have the courage to take that risk and do something new. So I think there's definitely opportunities or ways that we bounce from one to the other, growth and fix. So I think it's not an all or nothing. And if I do think back to my dance background, I, there were moments that I had a growth mindset and other moments where I had a fix, but definitely the experience of the growth mindset through that lens will definitely help definitely help me to understand the difference between the two where I'm at now in my journey. Beautiful. What kind of dance were you doing? All kinds. I went through so when I was a kid, I did the traditional ballet. Uh ballet and jazz all through my teens. When I was 18, I discovered hip hop, fell in love with like but specifically like New Jack Swing, like 90s hip hop because the music is excellent. So that is something that I carried with me. I also, at around 20 years old, I discovered house dance and whacking. And whacking became my love. And I actually became part of a whacking crew, the first whacking crew in the world in Montreal. Uh, we're still together today. Uh, I started teaching not long after I started dancing hip hop and whacking and house. Uh, and the teaching is something that really called to me. I remember going to see my uh, the studio owner at the time. I was maybe a year into dancing hip hop. Like he he took me under his wing and he's like, "Okay, you're going to be part of my crew. Like we're, we're let's let's do this." And I expressed interest to him to teach because I was like, you know, I think it'd be really interesting for me to like give back to the kids. And here's something that we need to understand about little Sabrina. She was very shy. As a teenager, even if she was a dancer on stage, yeah, like the bright lights and I knew I knew my routine, like I was comfortable with it. I went on stage, I did what I had to do, but then you come and talk to me after and then I'd have a little voice and I'd be super shy and then I'd, I wouldn't speak up and I'd just be, I'm, I'm little, like I'm the shortest one in the class. So I'm always like standing behind someone's shadow. And when I was teaching and I was afraid. I remember those first few days because basically the studio owner was like, you want to teach? Here you go. Take a class. Go. He just threw me in. And I'm someone who learns well under pressure. So good thing. But he literally went, go. Here's your class full of teenagers. And remember, I was maybe like 18, 19. So I wasn't that much older than them. Go teach this class. In the beginning, I was so shy. I was so intimidated but that opportunity 
I am so grateful for it because that allowed me to come out of my shell, to step into my power. And because of that opportunity of teaching a class, I know that it gave me the confidence to speak mm. out, to, to be able to just stand in front of a crowd. And fun fact, in elementary school, I used to do public speaking competitions and I used to win, even if I was super shy. So talking about superpowers that you mentioned before, Mahara, that was my superpower from a young age, but I didn't step into it until I was 19, 20, until I had the opportunity to see how I could use this superpower. And now that communication, when I was in advertising, I was doing presentations. Now I'm using my voice as a podcast host and I'm as a coach, right? Still teaching and still expressing. So I feel like that's something that I didn't realize at the time was going to come back and really empower me to be my best self and be my most authentic self. One of the things that I want to highlight here, which I think is so key in being badass, is recognizing the opportunities. Because so many of us go through life with blinders on, we don't see it. And right. now I have a little chuckle with my family and even my clients, because I, I share with them that I have a vision that when I'm moving forward in my day, I, there are people in this plane of existence, friends, family, peers, clients that I know are supporting me. Mm -hmm. But I also now know that in my world, there are people on the other plane that are also supporting me. I don't see them, yeah. but they are behind the scenes sort of directing. And I'm much more aware of the opportunities that come my way. So those of you listening, open yourself up to the opportunities. You may not know exactly how it's going to play out, but look at everything with a new lens, like, oh, what is the world trying to tell me? What is the universe trying to tell me? What are my kids trying to tell me? What is my gut trying to tell me? Yeah. And I love that you have seen these and recognize that when you were just 18 and that teacher said, go teach, you saw that as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's to your point, total badass, right? It's not easy to step into something that you're not comfortable with or that not you don't have experience with, especially if you're a perfectionist. But wow, yes. be able to walk out of that and go, I made a difference in those kids' lives. Exactly. I That's what fueled me. Yeah. That exact sentence and that exact sentiment of I just made a difference in someone's life is what propelled me to keep going. Because even working with teens, I, I still work with teens. That's who I teach. And that's who I love to teach. I know they're challenging. But for me, that's where I feel I can make the biggest difference. Because I, I can connect with them on a personal level and it's beyond dance. I, see, I teach dance at a high school, but the most rewarding is not when I see them at the end of the year on stage, which yes, is amazing because I know how hard they worked and it looks great when everyone's dancing together. But it's the day to day, to day when I get to speak with them, connect with them, and they ask me questions about life and I'm able to help them and just be that person that they can come to if they need to talk. Because often they don't have somebody. And for me, that role is the most fulfilling. And that's the role I play with my clients as well. But the role of being the go-to person. And I realize actually thinking back, you know, being aware and uh, of, of all of the skills and the talents that we have. As a kid, I was also that person. I was the friend that people would come to to talk to. So again, it's that going back and seeing like, where do you excel? Where do you feel the most joy? Where do you feel the most lit up? And it always came down to helping people and trusting, like you were saying to Mahara, that you might not have it all figured out, but trusting that knowing what your gifts are and what brings you joy will lead you in the right direction and will lead you to those opportunities and being just open to seeing the opportunities present themselves. And then you choose, do I want to try this? Do I want to do that? But the opportunities will come when you are in that space and in that energy of just being open to receiving comes down to, and, and thank you for sharing that, it comes down to this idea that we have to live life with the understanding that it happens for us, not to us. I and love that. Be very clear in what it is that we want after we've done the work of going, well, I really love, you know, I love painting. I just love painting fences, right? Or whatever. When we, when we have a clear idea of what it is that we love and we live our life as if we are already in that space, then yes. it just happens so quickly. It just happens yes. so quickly. But it's not always that it's not always easy to understand that because you know, life happens and stresses happen and breakups happen and hearts get yeah. broken and, and mortgages have to get paid and 
you know, accidents happen. So mm -hmm. life can throw at us all of these things. But I just, I love how you've been able to reframe and recognize looking back at your life, all of the mm -hmm. things you've stepped into, despite it feeling a little bit uncomfortable, perhaps in that moment. Yeah. You say to the, to the person that is listening and is like, yeah, well, it's you had it easy. You had great parents who supported mm. you. You got an education and you had a fantastic boss. My boss is an ass. Like it's mm. way easier for you than it mm -hmm. is. What are some advice that you would give or not even advice? What are some ahas about your experience that you think may help that listener? Because they're out there. And if you're listening, what I want to say to you is, if there's something you really want, truly want, you can go after it. Recognize that your potential has no limits. And maybe it's going to be more challenging. And maybe my situation in relation to yours seems a little easier, but we all have different challenges to go through. And it's how we approach those challenges that will make all the difference. And so if, if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way. So even when I work with my clients and, you know, they're stuck because they're about to move forward into this new life, but something, the comfort zone is holding them back essentially, right? Or the the idea of challenges, the idea of the hardships is holding them back. I always say, go back to your why. And that's where the awareness and the clarity comes in. You need to be aware and clear on what it is you truly want. Are you really happy with your life? Are you content? And you're okay. If you're content and you're okay with being content, more power to you. But if you feel, if there's anything within you that feels like you you want more, or this can't be all there is to life, there, there must be something else that I can do. There must be something more that I can feel more fulfilled while doing. You owe it to yourself to try. You owe it to yourself and to this one life that we have to see what it is that you can go and accomplish. It might be it might be something drastic like me and changing your career. It might just be, hey, I'm going to develop a new habit. I'm going to read more. I'm going to educate myself more. I'm going to wake up earlier and go for a morning run just to feel healthier. Like there are di different levels to which you can make these changes. But I feel we have to go back to our why. Do you know your why? Do you know what it is you are meant to do on this earth? Because I feel like everybody here serves a purpose. And Again, the purpose might be to impact the world at a greater level, or the, maybe the purpose is to raise a family and to have pets and to just be that person that everyone can come to, to feel like that they're in a, a beautiful, comfortable home. So there's different levels, but know your why, know what it is that really fuels you and lights you up. I think that's so powerful. And you and I were talking earlier that I think that one of the greatest things that we can do as human beings is to make connections with yes in a vulnerable way. And I'm always amazed. Well, I'm not so much amazed now, but when I first started to um, facilitate group coaching, I was amazed at how alike we all are. I would sit in a room, mm -hmm. with 50 or a hundred people from all different walks of life. And one person would say something. I would ask another question. That person went a little deeper and then all of a sudden, I could see all of the eyes were just like, oh, my God, that's me. Even though they all have different stories, different gender, different ages, you know, all of that. Right. that the, There's so much more. We have so much more in common. And when we give ourselves permission to accept that, mm -hmm. then our whole world opens up. And I wanted to just say one of the things that I keep keep hearing as you are speaking and so eloquently explaining mindset shift and and how we can you know step into our greatness and into a great life, one mm -hmm. of the things that I really believe is as we step forward and make a statement to the universe, the universe says, "You're ready. Here's an experience. Yes. Here's somebody I want you to meet, Mahara." I'm going to, I want you to meet Sabrina. She's cool. So put that thing, put that post out on social media. Sabrina's going <laughs> to, you guys need to meet, right? Totally. So it's the more effort we take for our dreams, the more effort the universe will take to help us. Totally agree. And if I may share a story about that. Please. Yes. What 
you're, you're speaking my language because I, I agree that when you are ready, the universe will deliver. When you are ready and you're in that space, the story I love to share is, um, I, so timeline, I quit my job in March of 2019 and I gave myself the summer to heal and to do the necessary work to, to recover from burnout. And in Montreal, summertime is great. So I took advantage of the weather, <laughs> but I did heal. And come the fall, that's when I was saying, okay, let's go back into teaching. Maybe let's just maybe get a job at my friend's local studio. So I could just have a little bit of income coming in. Cause yeah, some bills need to be paid. So I needed to be realistic. And I used to go to this yoga studio and I hadn't been all summer because it was near work. And since I wasn't going to work, then there wasn't an opportunity to go. But this one day, it was a Thursday before Labor Day weekend. And I'll always remember and you'll see why. This Thursday night, I said, you know what? I feel like I want to go. I know the teacher who's teaching that Pilates class. Let me just drive the 25 minutes. Like, let me make an effort. I need to be there. Let's just go. So I go have a great class. And afterwards, catching up with the teacher, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. What's new? Oh, I quit my job. And you know, I maybe want to get back into dance. She looks at me and says, I'm looking for a dance teacher. Are you able to teach jazz? And I was like, yeah, I can. She's like, okay, well, school starts next week. Let me put you in touch with someone and let's get you in. And like, let's make it happen. Because my jazz teacher today told me that she could not she could not make it for the year so I'm looking for a teacher and I was like universe thank you yeah thank you universe because that feeling that gut feeling of I need to be there yes to get a workout and whatnot but there was a bigger reason why I needed to be there because I needed to speak to her she had an opportunity for me and that opportunity brought me into the high school where I'm at now and where I speak about these kids who I'm impacting them daily and they're changing my life too. And the connections that I'm making with these kids are what are driving me forward. And I know that it's because of that, that I can remind myself that I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. What a great story. What a great story. And Sabrina, that's a beautiful example of, of how I think the world works and how you and I think the world works, which yes. when we surrender, admit that we are worthy. And I'm not saying that's easy. You mentioned it earlier. This work mm -hmm. is not always easy or doesn't always feel good, but it is worth it. So when we surrender, mm -hmm. understand and wholly embrace the fact that we are badass, we are worthy, ask all of the questions about what fills us up and what, what we want more of in our life versus what right. we want less of. It's amazing to me how many of us only know what we don't want and haven't even yes. what we do want. So true. Right. So ask, ask the questions. What do I want more of in my life? What am I good at? What, what have I done without even questioning? And yet people have, you know, it, it's had such a big impact. Typically our superpowers are pretty easy for us and they have a major impact. Yeah. And what am I willing to do? moving forward? What am I willing to do? Am I willing to ask for help? Am I willing to be vulnerable and share with my partner that I actually don't like his cooking? I'm being, I'm being <laughs> you know, yeah. there's all different yeah. levels of being open and honest and true. Of course. All of those steps lead us to a place where we can say, okay, I am meant to be here. I am. While I didn't enjoy some of the lessons along the way, mm. I'm proud of myself for still being here. And I'm, I'm an yeah. open book to what, to what's available to me. Oh, I got the chills. I got, yes. that's, that's such a great story. I want to be really clear on two things. A, I want you to tell us a little bit more about who you help exactly, but I just mm -hmm. want to touch back on, you, you've talked about the work that you do with kids. And I want to mm -hmm. say, I want to thank you for that. My children mm -hmm. are 20 and 25. And when I started this work and a little bit before we had these great conversations about they would say to me mom why didn't we learn this in school yeah why did i have to hit rock bottom why did this have to happen in order for us to have this conversation and as I, i'm a certified mastery method coach so we talk about the stuff all the time now my youngest daughter is studying psychology so we had these amazing conversations and we are both of us all of us saying 
okay, this is more important than how to bake, you know, how to bake cookies in home. I don't even know if they have home ec anymore. They did when I was going to school. This is more important even than calculus. You know, teaching our children how to honor their feelings, how Mm -hmm. to recognize what's going on in their body somatically. All of that stuff is so much more important than I think a lot of what their standard curriculum has. So I just want to say thank you for teaching these children just to honor their bodies, because mm, whether you. they understand their growth through their physicality of dance, or you've just presented a space of safety mm. and comfort for them to explore what's going on in their mental health. Thank you. It's so important. It's so important. Thank you. And I recognize the importance of it. And I'm so honored to have been given the opportunity to be that person for them. And yes, it's in the context of dance, but I do take time to talk about how how are you doing? How's your mental health? Just yesterday, I went into class and I felt that they were a bit low. So what I had planned for them, I realized very quickly that I needed to rethink that. So it's also being reading the room, as we say, right? Like being open to how they're feeling and not trying to force anything. And like, okay, we had a conversation, they were feeling low, okay, let's do this instead. And as a result, we had a great class because I was able to listen to them and not be like, okay, well, hurry up, let's go. We got to do this and be that fixed mindset, right? And I was that teacher at the beginning. I was the fixed mindset teacher of like, I don't care what you're going through. We're here to dance. We're here to learn. Let's go. And I quickly learned that I wasn't getting anywhere with these kids if I was like that. So I needed to be open. And they also expressed to me what you're saying, Mahara. Why don't we have this in school? Why aren't we learning this? I did the whole first week of class for them was a dancer mindset. How do you make the most of your year? How do you get to the best version of yourself through these dance classes? And everything that I was teaching them and the tools I was giving them, they themselves said, We need to be learning this in school. We need to be better equipped. And I totally agree. So if I can even have one small part in helping this small group of students with that, I'll take it. And thank you for everything. Oh, you're you're welcome. And you may not remember this commercial because I am quite a bit older than you. But in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, there was a commercial for L'Oreal. And the idea was, you know, when you love your shampoo, you'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends and so on and so on and so on. <laughs> and I think it's important to recognize that every time we connect and mm-hmm. we impact one soul, we are actually impacting thousands because that mm-hmm. child will learn and behave differently to their friend and they will learn it and so on and so on and so on. And so that's why it is so important, the work that that we do, especially as you do it with children. So I want to say thank you for that. Okay, we just yes. we don't have a lot of time left, but I I want to I want you to talk to me about who your ideal client is. Yes, I want you to share the number one thing that you love most about the work that you do today. Ugh, so much I love. I know, but just give me the number one the one thing. The one who's your thing. ideal client and what ideal client? Yeah. Ideal client are women who have gone through a similar experience as I have gone. through through because I understand I've been where you are and I want to help you through it and I don't want you to have to go through the self-questioning self-doubting feeling guilty feeling regretful I want to help you as soon as you feel like there's something more that you can get from this life whether it be more from your job more from your lifestyle more from your relationships I want to help you get to where you want to be faster I don't want you to have to go through the hurdles that I went through so By what I learned and my experience, I have packaged a program. Uh, I call it Rewrite Your Life because we all have an opportunity to rewrite our life at any point in our life. Don't think you're too old. Don't think it's too late. Don't think it's too hard. Yes, it's difficult, but I will give you the tools to be able to just identify those limiting beliefs. Identify like we were talking about those stories that have been holding you back and knowing that you have the power to change that story at any time. And seeing how we can do that. What's the roadmap? Being clear on who it is that you want to be. Where do you want to get to? And feeling supported along the way. So my program, it's a 12-week program because I feel like that's a good amount of time to work through all of it. And at the end of it, you'll feel like you have clarity on where you're going. Who is that future self-vision? What it is that you want to do? What's going to light you up? And how to get there? You're going to get all of those tools and resources. You're going to work through those limiting beliefs. You're going to feel like 
you actually have the power to make a difference in your own life and you're no longer on autopilot. I love it. So guys, check the show notes. There'll be a lot, all the different ways that you can connect with Sabrina. And we'd love your feedback on this conversation because we've touched on quite a few things. Just a quick recap. We've touched on how easy it is to get stuck and end mm-hmm. up in out, even in your dream job. We've also touched on the idea that it is okay to change your mind, right? It's okay to yes. outgrow something and not to be afraid of it, even if it's painful. We've looked at how badass it is to actually put yourself first. And sometimes it's easier than others. Sabrina shared her boss, gave her permission. And I actually really like that word. Permission. Yeah. What we Mm -hmm. need to do, what really will serve us is when we give ourselves permission, right? When we give ourselves permission to question, look back, you know, I I say, look back at your past with clarity. Mm-hmm. Be clear on what's going on so that you can move mm-hmm. forward with confidence, whatever the forward looks like for you. We've also talked about how fulfilling it is to connect with others, whether it's a teenager, whether it's with yourself or your parents, just connecting with other human beings brings us energy and joy. And last but not least, do not be afraid of your greatness. I don't know if we phrased it that way, but I'm going to phrase it that way. Do I love not it. Be afraid of your greatness because you where you're meant to be that person. You already are that person. Yeah. When you ask for help, man, oh man, it's going to come at you from all different angles. Sabrina, thank you for joining me today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. We have a lot in common. We do. Um, I don't think if I were to try dancing right now, I'd probably kill myself. I used to. Be- <laughs> it's, it's in you. It's, it's always in, there. It's in yeah. I, can, I can move really well, but I just want a funny note. Years and years and years ago, because I'm in my late fifties when I was dancing professionally, I made a joke to someone about how, you know, dancers are, we're really fit, like we're strong. And they came from the gym background where you really weren't, dancers were nice, dancers could move, but a gym rat was strong. And I'm like, do you realize that we don't have mats when we go into dance studio? We do sit-ups and push-ups and, you know, Vs and all of this with nothing. You guys do it with with padded pants and like on mat. <laughs> they were kind of laughing at me, but it's it's true, right? So- Yeah. Just a little funny story there. Those of you that were listening, thank you for joining us today. My name is Mahara. This has been The Art of Badassery. Share with us your comments, your feedback, and I will see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.